Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and survivors of retrograde and eclipse season 2019. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, spiritual mediums, witches in the news, and a spell to protect loved ones who have passed. skeletons of people that i love I now like i'm sad they're sad skeletons no they're happy it's fine right? <laughs> this just reminds me wildly that marcel's mom listens to this and she was like i love it but i can't tell you guys apart <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't know who's actually speaking <laughs> who does she think is the funny one I think she just assumes we're both funny <laughs> which is good safe very safe i feel like we have pretty distinct voices i thought so too but especially my voice you sound like uh what's that guy bennett from the democratic debate he sounds like a muppet <laughs> how are you ma it's been a while since i've seen you yeah it's been a while mm -hmm. i'm good so my like big check-in thing is like not terribly happy so on july 15th my grandmother passed my mom's mom and it was like this very weird thing where i haven't really had to deal with grief or like the passing of a loved one really like her husband had died when i was in the third grade and i remember being told before going to school i was like oh okay like this is sad, but, like, I wasn't, like, too close to him or anything. And then I remember, like, because I loved school at the time. I was like, yes, I want to, like, just go to school. I like being at school. So I go to school, and I think, like, 30 minutes into class, I just start crying out of nowhere and then, like, blacked out, basically. <gasps> Not, like, fainted. I just have no memory of what happened. I'm assuming, like, they pulled me out. I went home. Home was, like, walking distance from me, so it's, like, not too big of a deal. So this is like the first time I've dealt with the passing of someone being an adult or even like just more of a cognizant, aware individual. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. It's really weird. How is it different? How you? How does it feel different? I think it's not like if my mother or father passed and like how just like from growing up with them, like how close my relationship is with them. Like she had lived in Texas for a while and then like the last like five years, maybe five to seven years, lived in Indiana, and she also lived in my mom's house for a while for past, like, three, four years, maybe. And so that's when I got to know her, like, a bit better, but she was already kind of losing her memory. So, like, I'd ask her about things from her childhood and stuff, and then she'd kind of repeat things a lot because she wasn't aware she already said it. And I, like, really wish I had, like, more time with her just like getting to know her and stuff, especially when before she lived in my mom's house, like back when she had like more energy and everything. And I think it's just kind of like reinforce the keep the people you love close to you and just make them aware 
that you love them and like say it instead of just living under the assumption whether it's like true or not it's still like something that should be said frequently and often and just for the joy of yourself and others so yeah I don't know did that answer your question (laughs) so how are you like how are you dealing with it though how do you feel yourself have you had time even because you were on set yeah so the week she died I was producing a short film and it was kind of like I got the call from my mom I had just gotten done with the gym she had texted me it was like seven in the morning which I was like oh this is pretty early for my mom to be texting me and I was like oh I'm at the gym and she's okay just call me when you're done and I was like chill whatever so went to Dunkin Donuts got my coffee talked to my mom on the phone and she was like oh here's the thing and it was one of those weird things where it was like can't have this conversation in a New York City Dunkin Donuts so I had to like step out and step onto like a side street and just kind of like squat down because no one wants to sit on the fucking sidewalk in New York no, City. It's like no. fucking disgusting. Especially after like working out. So I'm already like sweaty and Yeah, you're sticky. already juicy yeah. and then like the Ew. street juice is going to mix with your juice and make some sort of mutant juice. Exactly. That like becomes friends with the rat king. Like it's just <laughs> fucking problems. So I went home because I've been working from home for producing and it was kind of like I had an hour to sit with it and then I had to do work like I had to just go back to work because this film would not happen if I weren't working on it so it's only been like this past week that I've had time to actually think about it and like process it a bit more I went to therapy and talked to my therapist a little bit about it like I feel like my family almost in like all aspects of it aren't that close like I've been pretty independent from a young age And it was just, like, wishing that I could, like, that I could have this closeness, at least with my mom, and just, like, be able to check in on her more and see how she's doing and how she's feeling because she's been, like, the primary caregiver to my grandmother for the past, like, three years. Like, she's lived in her house. She's made all her meals. Like, this is, like, a major change in my mom's life, which, I mean, I'm sure it's, like, It's good on one hand because now it's, like, liberating and, like, she can do whatever she wants. She doesn't have to worry about an extra person. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you just lost your mom. Like, that's so sad. And so I just want to be in a place, like, in the future. It's just, like, made me think about mortality of myself and other people. And I just want to make sure that the time I have now that I can actually be close with my mother and, like, have great experiences with her and learn more about her because she's relatively like a closed book kind of person Mm -hmm. and just like know more about what she was like growing up like what tiny linda tiny linda or like linda under 40 yeah or like what are her dreams even now and stuff like that and just kind of become closer to her in that way Mm -hmm. i remember we were talking about when it happened, she had a, an extremely unique experience, mm-hmm. uh, like a bodily experience. Yeah. So I guess because at this point, my grandma was staying with one of her sisters and she knew that my grandma wasn't feeling well because her sister was like telling her that. And they were even talking about like just bringing her back up to Indiana because my grandma was currently in Virginia. But it was like. The night before she died, my mom said she got, like, really sick, like, out of nowhere. and like Your mom did? My mom did. Like, threw up, like, three times, and it was just, like, this whole thing where she just did not feel well. 
And so I think that's like really interesting. And especially since kind of segueing that we're going to talk about mediumship and talking to spirits of the other world. Like, I mean, I don't know what time my grandma died, but whether this was happening in like real time or like after she had died, just like that connection that human beings can have to one another, even if they're not in the same fucking state. Yeah. Like that you can still kind of like feel that energy and that your body can somehow give you warning signs that something's happening to someone else. I mean, yeah. moms talk about that with their children all the time, that they'll get horrible feelings in the middle of the night or like just feel like they have to call. And like that's like scientifically proven with twins too. Yeah. That like twinning is extremely spooky and surreal. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense to me that like that your mom would have had that connection with her. Yeah the pieces that were holding on to her being strained you mm-hmm. know, as she was like pulled away. Yeah. Just like a full body reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of wild. Yeah. And expelling mm-hmm. of material. Yeah. It's very weird. Human relationships are very bizarre. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Do you have a check-in? <laughs> Do I have a check-in? I mean, um, I don't have anything heavy going on really right now, which is nice because I feel like all the that time. That is nice. All the time, like, <laughs> my life is, like, is always very turbulent. Yeah. I do want to, like, super quick, I usually put this at the end of the show, which I feel like is when people kind of, like, drone off and they're like, oh, we don't want to hear, like, the thank yous and stuff like that. It's boring. Who gives a shit about Marcel? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so kidding. <laughs> we love him. He's weeping. He is. He's crying. But... It would like literally mean like the whole wide world to me if you guys would like. I know it takes time. It takes like two minutes to like go on iTunes and like you have to log in and that fucking sucks. And I hate doing it too. Like log in and give us a review and give us five stars because like if we could get three reviews a week, that would help us get up the chart so quickly. And like as we're working on making our Patreon and as we're working on making this like more of a thing, like we don't want your money. We want sponsor money. And the only way we can get any kind of commercial sponsor is by being noticeable. And we're so niche that it is very hard for us to get any kind of recognition. So we've talked about doing shout outs for people that do reviews for us. We've done shout outs for our Pinecast stuff. So it would mean like everything to me. I mean, we talked about doing a giveaway. Our one year anniversary is coming up, which is crazy. That's so crazy. Isn't that nuts? We've been doing this a year, guys. Oh my which God. is almost a year. Guys, we're not we're not there yet. We're it's in November. <laughs> we're close. We're coming up to like the third quarter. But, but like we had been planning this like right about, yeah. right about now. I feel like a little bit before. Sometime yeah. in July, maybe. I think we we're so. like this is what we, we want to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, besides that, I'm pretty good. Still in my new new old room. New new old. Yep. Paid rent today. Congrats. Thank you. That's awesome. And yeah. So. Doing it. We're doing trucking it. Trucking along. You mentioned earlier what we're, what we're doing today. So what, what are we doing today, Alicia? What are we talking about? We are talking about spiritual media. No. Yes. No. Are we not? I'm afraid of spirits. Oh, okay. That's fair. I that told you this. That is not true. Also. It is super okay, true. Okay, well, it's half true. Because you're the one who's like, why don't I do dark magic? Like, <laughs> when are we going to talk about blood magic? And I'm like, Tara. <laughs> I want Okay. So here's the thing. Witches. I, Tara Keck, would love to do research for you on, <laughs> on actual projection and like the Akashic records and like demons and shit. But I want you to know that if you open a portal to like the butt hell universe, like I'm not going to come save you. Okay. So like, and I'm spooky scared of stuff like this. So I'm pumped to talk about it, but I want you guys to know that like 
as we get deeper. One year anniversary. Hold a seance. No, God. <laughs> Not in my apartment. You know, as things get deeper and darker, like, you have to protect yourself and you have to be careful. And, like, you can't just, like, mess around with this stuff. Because, like, just because you haven't had an experience, like, there are people all over the world that have had terrifying experiences. And I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going through a terrifying experience right now that has had something to do with this podcast. So I'm not going to talk about it now because words have power. But yeah, just let you know that... Foreshadowing for future episodes. <laughs> wink, um, wink. I do a whole interview, man. But yeah, so just keep it chill. Stay frosty. We're going to talk about mediumship. Here we go. So stay sexy, guys. <laughs> so what is mediumship? Do you want to tell us? Sure. So mediumship or channeling mm. is when um, a human, maybe me, maybe you acts as an instrument for one or more spirits or entities to perform one of the following. Tell me. One, presenting information. Okay. So like where grandpappy hid his gold before he died. That sounds important. Number two, causing alleged paranormal activities to occur. So like at seances when like the tables rumble or whatever, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, we'll talk later about like physical mediums and stuff that use instruments like rattling bells and chains and stuff like that so spooky channeling forth certain types of energy so like calling spirits to use their energy to call forth that kind of energy or create change in the world and then manifesting themselves the spirits themselves wait what does that mean i don't know like i guess facetime your grandpappy so you can see his (laughs) dead old wrinkly face in hell he might make it to not hell. None of my grandparents. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. They were great for most of them. So there are two types of mediums. There's mm-hmm. the mental medium. All who, about the brain. Oh, yeah. Brain power. SAT medium. Who brain blast. Who access the spirit realm by listening, sensing, or seeing spirits or symbols. And then there's physical mediums whose channeling produces a physical manifestation of spirits like tapping, knocking, or the ringing of bells. And I don't know if we've talked about this before, but there's like kind of spirit sounds that are meant to be like benign. So like in my old house, we would hear footsteps Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But then like if you're in a house that you suspect is haunted and you hear scratching, scratching is a malevolent spirit sound, stuff like that. Scratching and banging noises, things like that. I hope if you hear scratching, it's not a spirit and you just adopted a cat. We're like a bunch of squirrels. So mental mediums communicate with spirits by telepathy. They either hear the spirit, which is clairaudience, see the spirit, which is clairvoyance, and or feel the spirit, which is clairsentience. A lot of clairs over here. When a medium is doing a reading for a person, that person is known as the sitter. Just so you know, there's the reader, there's the sitter. Easy enough, right? Right? Another form of mental mediums is trance mediumship. During a trance, the medium is unconscious during the communication period, and the spirit uses the medium's mind to communicate. I think this is spooky as shit. So it's like instead of like them hearing and relaying stuff, they're using the mind like fucking bagpipes? So it's like, imagine you just want to wanna talk to your grandpa or whatever. So you're here, you're the sitter, there's the reader, and they're knocked unconscious, like eyes dead open, probably like a slight drool coming out of them, and then like out of their voice just comes like either their voice or a deeper or higher voice, like the spirit you're communicating with. I think it's so fucking scary. horrifying. (laughs) I hate it. That's fucking horrifying. Apparently trans mediums were very popular in the 1860s and 70s, 
with like a lot of women specifically. And so a lot of these messages they sought were actually about social justice. So abolitionism, temperance, and women's suffrage were all topics of messages delivered from a variety of trans mediums at the time. Oh, dude, that's cool as hell. Isn't that? Before like anything happened, the talk was there. And then it's over here, 2019, and we still make, what, 80 cents on the dollar? Like, what the fuck? That's white women. Let's talk about Hispanic women. Let's talk about all the other women, too. But (laughs) it's not happening. Anyways, so usually the medium would be in a deep enough trance that when they awoke, they wouldn't remember all of the messages they said. So a lot of mediums worked with assistants who would jot down what the medium said throughout the sitting so that the medium can, like, look over these notes. So I guess it'd be you, the medium, and the medium's friend. (laughs) And the medium's personal assistant. Their intern. Their intern. Their unpaid intern is writing notes down. Hello, this is Seth. They're going to be on our journey with us. Yes. Don't look him in the eyes. I'm an English literature major. I'm here, I'm here for college credit. I'm here for college credit. <laughs> I was like, who would have that job? Philosophy majors. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So there's mental mediumship and then there's physical mediumship. Getting physical. Getting physical. So, okay, picture this. You decide to go to a physical medium. You enter a dimly lit room, already kind of spooky, and then to top it off, these mediums have a bunch of gizmos and gadgets for connecting to spirits, like, on the table. Like, spirit trumpets, spirit cabinets, levitation table. So, in theory, during the seance, the spirits would either speak through the trumpet, bang on the cabinets, and even have your spooky Scooby-Doo moment of levitating tables. Okay, so, a question. Yes, please. So if a physical medium is a person that uses tools to communicate with spirits, are the people on Ghost Adventure spiritual mediums? Because they use like EVPs and like weird flickering lights and like tone things. Are those just like contemporary spirit communication devices? I guess maybe. I don't think any of them are like, I'm a medium, but maybe that's just like, the poor man's way of connecting to the spirit world yeah because anyone could get an evp monitor yeah like we could maybe we should how much is it let's we're googling it anywhere from 27 to 70 dollars this is more affordable than the trumpet (laughs) at ghoststop.com i wonder if that's like gamestop (laughs) but for ghosts yeah you can return anything they say but actually might be look at this website oh my god they're red and black and white just like gamestop Logo. There's like a little ghost here, like a little Casper guy. That's adorable. I love that. I feel like if you buy one of these, you have to commit to doing it. Like as your lifestyle and as oh your career? Oh my god, career. wait a second. Used Zoom 360 audio recorder. We have a Zoom that we're recording on. It's not 360, it's an H4N Pro. It's about the same fucking price though. Bruh. This is why we heard that spirit that one time. <gasps> we can go into spooky buildings with it. How? Do we have to set up the microphones like we have them right now or can we just take it like as it's i think you can take it as is but then it wouldn't like it'd be more muffly like you'd hear like everything and all the staticky without mm-hmm. the microphones dude that makes sense. oh it's an h4n this is literally except they're selling it as an evp recorder this is exactly what we're using right now for basically the same price might even be cheaper than the one i bought <laughs> <laughs> i should have gotten the ghost recorder wow major mistakes over here <laughs> lots of regrets all right there's also channeling 
So channeling is when the spirit communicates to the sitter through the medium's body. So a lot of channelers can do it with spirits from the sitter's past who are now deceased or even with other spirits that the sitter has no relation to. The creepiest one to me is that channelers can even communicate with spirits from the future. That uh, I don't understand. Like spirits who live in future dimensions that have yet not walked this earth. What? What? Oh my god, we're living in a simulation. I I'm can't also take like, this. Aren't we supposed to die in like 30 years? Like are these just 10 years in the future? Like all of us? Well, isn't it, it climate change is supposed to be like irreversible in 30 years. Yeah, climate change is supposed to be irreversible. But so, we I mean, if we don't fix that, some people will start most likely dying at like unprecedented rates, rates yeah. via flood and drought and hurricanes, mudslides, mudslides. No one will be safe. Yeah. Unless you listen Bummer. to the um, end of the world with Josh Clark. He has a lot of hope. His whole thing is about the end of the world. And it's about hope, too. Yeah. It's like, that's um, nice. It's like very, this is like not getting paid at all. I really, truly love that whole series. It's like nine episodes. Okay. I've never heard of it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. It gives me existential dread mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think it was very good. And this is why you should give us a review each week, because that's how easy it was to put a sponsorship in. Dude, we can just you segwayed it in. We just be like, and yes, your ghost supplies from ghoststop.com. A wink. I have eight Zoom recorders. A wink. A wink. I always love it when they're like, yes, I love my Casper mattress. It's like, bitch, you don't have one. <laughs> What is it like to lie to your audience like that committed? I hate it. I hate it. And that's the game, guys. That's the game. So another thing that I thought was really interesting was that physical mediums are said to excrete ectoplasm. Ew. Gross, right? Disgusting. What's that like? Is it like Slimer? So ectoplasm in the spiritual realm is different from like the gooey ectoplasm that you might be familiar with. So in this case, it's been described as a substance secreted from the orifices of physical mediums. And then spiritual entities will drape this over their astral form in order to interact with people in the physical realm. It's like a substance that exists in both dimensions that then can be put on like a fucking fancy ass Sunday suit. Like snot? Like what is this? I'm very confused still. So apparently... It takes on many different forms. Sometimes it's vaporous, sometimes a plastic paste, sometimes a bundle of fine thread or a membrane with swelling or fringes, a viscous gelatinous substance, or a fine fabric-like tissue. When people were like trying to bring examples of exoplasm, gross. Um, yeah. Like people often talk about it as being like the green goo, uh-huh. but back in like the Victorian era, people would describe ectoplasm as like this feeling of fabric on top of them that like people sitters would describe it as like a fabric like a cloth and then people would bring what they would say are examples of ectoplasm but actually they'd be like cheesecloth you know so it's almost like you feel like you're being part of a magic trick kind of yeah like yeah. The, the magician has placed like a the, disappearing yeah. blanket or whatever on you exactly or like your fucking harry potter a fancy towel and oh, the fuck. invisibility cloak what that's what it's like so Ew, the invisibility ectoplasm <laughs> so gross still I don't like it so to this point and a lot of mediums online or whatever don't talk about ectoplasm anymore so I'm not sure if it's still a part of like the contemporary wheelhouse or language that mediums use but if you believe in it the idea is that it actually cannot be separated it's like part of it cannot be separated from the medium because it is a part of like their spiritual energy or something like that that their bodies can produce this like insulin 
or whatever, or like blood or whatever. What? So has that ever happened to you? I still don't Tell get it. Tell us about our goo, your goo. Tell us about your gooey situation. What are some goos that have recently excreted from your body? I mean, I think the normal ones. Yeah. You know, like nose goo, mouth goo, vaginal goo. Butt goo. Any butt goo going on? Butt goo. I get some like corner of my eyes goo in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's that's Sandman magic. Yeah, true. Any ear goo? I guess there's ear goo. Not like goo. I don't like think of, I'm I don't think really it's good gooey. about that. Yeah, it's like kind of lumpy. Isn't it weird that like underneath our skin we're just like a bunch of goo? Yeah, like goo and like Lego blocks. Lego blocks. Just stitched together. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And then a okay. big, heavy heart. So big. It's so It's so heavy. Fat. I'm a so fat heart. Heavy. Ooh, I bet that's gooey too. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Oh, ew, ew. The I human want... body's disgusting. I hate it. Everyone's turned off the podcast. Yeah. No one is listening to this. No. Bad choice. They're going to review poorly. I can't believe you They'll yes just say and the word did. goo. I can't believe you yes and. Goo. Goo. Two stars. Goo two stars. I can't believe you fucking yes and in my goo conversation. You are half to blame for this. I am an improv genius. <laughs> zip, Master. Zap, 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 baby. All right, I'm going to zip right on over to you. Hey, And zap me with some knowledge. All right. How to tell if you're a medium. Who, me? Anyone. Oh. You, the goo. Mostly Anyone. Me. Mostly, mostly you. Me. Maybe my cat. She's definitely your cat, though. Yeah, she's totally. Yeah, we just celebrated her birthday. She's four years old. Fun fact. Wow. All right. I have gone to extensive lengths to see what signs there are that you may be a psychic medium. So this is Alicia's list that you might be a psychic medium. Da-da-da-da. It would be great on BuzzFeed, I think. It's Alicia's list. I basically created a BuzzFeed article, so <laughs> get set. Oh, man, I love listicles. Me too. All right, one. All of the lists dictate that you have always had either an interest or a belief in the paranormal. Okay. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. So you gotta believe in it for it to work, though, right? It's like Santa Claus. I guess so, but I like the idea that you're forced upon it. Oh, like you, have you no don't choice, it and you're like, fuck! <laughs> Yes, it's your destiny. I like that better, but okay. They say you have to believe in it or at least be interested in it if you don't believe. Two, you can walk into a room and feel pressure, heat, heaviness, or emotions. I mean, that's like reading a room or like sensitivity to energy. Yeah. Or allergies. Or allergies? Yeah, you ever go into a room and you're like, Oh, cats, put in here. I like going from my bedroom to the living room and just feeling the temperature change because there's no window in the living room. (laughs) I think it's kind of the same. Three, you recall seeing or sensing spirits as a child or no relatives who have. Yeah. 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 We're all, yes? Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's usually considered hereditary at the very least. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of times people talk about like, oh. So if your third cousin has seen a ghost, like you should just ignore that. Yeah, that's kind of far enough far removed, enough away. right? Yeah. But if it's like your aunt or your grandmama. Then take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Why would your aunt or grandmama lie to you? Lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. Four, you had an unexplainable fear of the dark either in childhood or now. Okay, yeah. I'm still afraid of the dark I'm sometimes. I'm like so <laughs> scared. And then it's like you go into the bathroom and then you're like, you're in the bathroom and the mirror's there. And you're like, if I look up in the bathroom, there's oh going to be something behind me. I swear to fucking God. I have a medicine cabinet. So it's like if I open it up and then I close it, yep. they're going to be like, huh. Yep. I'm still too afraid to do that Bloody Mary thing. Oh, never in my life. No. Would I? No. No. I'm just assuming. You ready to die? <laughs> a ghost will pop up. Like, it's really not worth it to me. Oh, God. 
Number five, you have an active dream life, including vivid nightmares or lucid dreams. Yeah. We yeah. both just shook our heads. Yeah. yeah. yeah and kind yeah. of like a defeated, like, kind of like, fuck. Yeah. I know. I feel that. Number six, you are woken up at night frequently and or generally don't sleep well. I sleep pretty good. I'm a very good sleeper, actually. I do not sleep well in the slightest. Ever. You should see the pain in her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I know. Seven. You've had that weird, creepy feeling in old buildings, cemeteries, or in places of trauma. Probably that, like, oh, things on your neck. Yeah, What's like the called? hairs on the back the of your neck, your neck standing up. Mm-hmm. I get heavy chest sometimes. Yeah. There's lots of history in the East Coast. There are lots of places of trauma over here. Oh, dude, literally everywhere. Number eight. You've seen things out of the corner of your eye. White smoke, sparkles, shadows, figures. Also seeing orbs, either in real life or in pictures you've taken, is a big one. Mm. Which I've seen that orb that one time. Yeah, you saw that orb at Studebaker. Yeah. Number nine. Someone close to you has died and you've been experiencing a lot of odd things. I don't know what odd is because none of the articles said. And also, I want you guys to know, I sourced like four or five articles (laughs) to put this list together. Things out of the ordinary. There was one, I'm not going to name her, but there's this woman I work with who's also a fantastic fiber artist. Her sister died recently, and one of the nurses who deals with, like, aftercare and stuff like that said that that she'll probably try to contact her with birds. What? Red birds. And then people in her family started seeing red birds (gasps) everywhere. And it's kind of like one of those things where it's like if it comes into your consciousness and you notice it everywhere, but, like, red birds, like, staring into windows. Yeah. And then on her way home, like, I think it was, like, her and either her, like, sister-in-law or something like that or, like, her friend were driving, I think in Virginia is where they were at. They're on an interstate. No trees around them. Mm -hmm. Just, like, deadness all around. Yeah. There's a bird outside your window. It's not red. It's not red. I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) But they started to see this, like, red thing, Mm -hmm. like, off in the distance, and all of a sudden, fucking red bird, like... (laughs) <gasps> smacks into their windshield oh of their car God. and fucking flies off. It's just kamikaze. Yeah, isn't kamikaze. It? Like that, that bird's probably dead. Why would the spirit do that? I don't know. What but point it's like are you making? Like, a, like you have to look at me and notice me and like deal with this. I don't know. That was like what I took away with it. And like how fucking terrifying is that? Well, that's so scary because even if I didn't have any connection to a red bird like relative, I would hate to hit a bird. Oh, yeah, that's traumatic as well. And now this is a place of trauma. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I think people also talk about, like, lights flickering and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And, like, electronics malfunctioning. That's on the list. Shit. Thank you. Sorry. So that was number 11 now. (laughs) Electronics and lights go out and flicker around you. Man, she's on it, though. She knew. She knew what was up. And then. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) All my numbers are off now. I think that was number 10. All right, we're just going to keep going, guys. Numbers don't matter. The next one is you get animals. Speaking of the birds, although if it's flying into your windshield, you might not have got that bird. <laughs> but like you feel very connected to them and have had full conversations with them and they understand how you're feeling and you understand how they're feeling at any given moment. Which I'm like, is that mediumship or is that just like empathy? Empathy or animal yeah. communicator. Yeah. Like Jessica Lignato talks about animal communication, how it's like with pictures, like mental pictures. Yeah. If you think about like psychic abilities as a spectrum, empathy being like one of the first lowest types of psychic ability. Mm-hmm. Moving all the way up into like being able to like tell the future and like listen in on conversations and stuff like that. Up next, you get bad anxiety out of nowhere and like have a hard time breathing is part of it that's specifically. Me. Yeah, that's, that's basically all the time. You. <laughs> 
The next one is you hear strange noises that no one else hears. I think that's me. What do you hear? Anything from like the fucking podcast, listening to edits to just like random ass things. Like I hear those vibrational levels. Like sometimes we'll wake up in the middle of the night being like, what is that? I hide under blankets a lot. Oh, no. (laughs) That's very scary. But maybe I'm just a medium. I mean, you could be, but that's even scarier. Yeah. And then the last one. Oh, there's so much more. There's more. I'm just, I'm going to the last one now. This is too many. The last one, you have a habit of delivering spirit smackdowns, which is like profound and lengthy manifestos to others. And you have no idea where the words that you just said even came from. Do you? No, I don't like talking that much. This is the most I talk is on this podcast. (laughs) See, the reason that this talking works is because we're talking to each other. We don't have to talk to anybody else. And um, I don't think I could give, like, a speech. Yeah, no. I don't. If someone were like, I don't believe in ghosts, what do you think? I'd be like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's not worth fighting about. Children are in concentration camps. Like, come on. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to tell you about why you should believe in ghosts right now. All right. So we've clicked yes to everything. Well, almost everything. If we spoke more, we'd click yes to everything. So how do you know if you're about to have a psychic episode? So these are the characteristics that come up for psychic episodes. And it's sudden nausea, upset stomach, dizziness, faintness of breath, tightness in chest, difficulty breathing, sensing anxiety, and or fast moving energy all around you. Mm, Just sounds like, like feeling that energy. Sounds like an anxiety attack. It really does. So maybe all the people with anxiety disorders are actually just mediums and don't oh, know how yeah, to tap like into it. Oh, yeah, like high-level empaths or mm-hmm. like intense like psychic abilities. Yeah. That would make sense to me. It so would. have you ever had an interaction with a spirit? I mean, besides Citrine. Yeah. Besides Citrine. And then there was that orb. I'm trying to think if there have been any others. Have you ever been visited in a dream by a dead person? Well, not that many people I know have died. Yeah. Until recently. And with that, it's still two. So it's still not that many people. So no, I haven't been visited in a dream. But remember, apparently I have like a fucking league of angels watching over me. Oh yeah, you have like a, in a V formation. Angels yeah. and ancestors all around you. All around. And Which, like, do you guys want any water? Or like some cheese or something? Are you hungry? They're like more quiet than I am. Well, I guess not. But uh, speak up. You speak up if you feel the need. All right. So... <laughs> I think there's been moments where it's like I felt sensations, but not necessarily, oh, hi, ghost, mm-hmm. you know? Hello, ghost. Hello, ghost. Hello, human. Living human. Go back under my covers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, He's got a cowboy tips his hat. Howdy, partner. Exactly. Oof, no. I don't know. Have you had an interaction with a spirit? Well, I mean, all the shit spirits. that happened with Citrine at my house with like the footsteps and like the yeah. knocking and like voices and stuff like that i've also like had situations where i've been like like rustled awake Mm -hmm. like someone shaking my shoulder my leg not like violently like in an awake up and then like no one would be there probably how i wake up marcel when he snores yeah yeah it's probably mine might be more aggressive than that though (laughs) slap (laughs) Slap. (laughs) let's see what else i've had i've had dreams about dead people but also i don't know which of those have been me just processing people's deaths in my life like i had a friend commit suicide when i was in graduate school and Mm -hmm. he visited me several times 
Yeah. Um, or I dreamt of him several times. But I've never had like a, yeah, like, oh, there's a spirit over there. Freak me the fuck out. I don't know what I would do. I would probably cry. I'd have an anxiety attack and it's like, your medium powers, they're happening. No. And I'm like, no, I just can't process this. <laughs> all right. So turns out you're all spiritual mediums. Congratulations. Woo! This is sweepstakes number one from which yes. <laughs> So how do you discern a fraud from an actual medium? So I put together this list and this list is not like completely exhaustive, like Alicia's amazing listicle that she made. So long. Um, so long. There were more. There were more. And these are like what you should look out for when okay. you're like going to a psychic. And this seems a little counterintuitive, but if they ask for money or ask for money midway through a session. So this is not to knock anyone out there trying to get that bread but I feel like you know the difference between going to see an energy healer who makes a comment about your recently deceased brother and someone saying if you give me a thousand dollars they can hook you up with like your grandpappy so again you can find out where his gold is and also another one is those five dollar psychic specials that you'll see like around cities those are super fake too although if it's only five dollars they're fun I like doing them man <laughs> tell me what my lucky birth like my lucky number is I think in DC I got conned into one of those and it was a palmistry reading it was like five dollars for a palmistry reading and we were like yes of course and then it was like five more dollars for your other hand and I was like god damn it tell me <laughs> five more dollars for three tarot cards and I was like put them on the table <laughs> I need this. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. If they tell you that whatever hardship you're dealing with, it's because of a curse that's on you and that they'll ask you for money to lift the curse. So it's kind of like what happened to that Edmonton guy. Yep. Who like lost $70,000 in his house. Yep. If they tell you, and this is like pretty common in a lot of psychic readings and I've had it done to me as well. They'll tell you that you died in the Holocaust in a past what? life or that you were royalty in a past life. It's like too soon to be told you died in a Holocaust. Well, so That's the whole thing fair. is that so many people died in the Holocaust. Yeah, but like fuck, millions. Dude, and so that's like very easy to insert yourself into an extremely traumatic, horrifying event. Yeah. Right? And like I've been told like what? I'm a goddamn Chinese princess. Like, okay. <laughs> so they'll ask a lot of questions, like leading and personal questions. So things like, you've been feeling down lately, haven't you? You've been feeling lost recently, haven't you? But like, yeah, bitch, I'm at a fucking psychic. Can you tell I'm lost? My life is great right now. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> They mention that you're at a crossroads in your life. They boast about how special you are, that they've never seen an energy or chakras like yours. I've been told that I'm an indigo child. I've been told that I have an extremely powerful and beautiful spirit guide. I've been told that I'm a crystalline spirit in human form. Like, bullshit. I was born in Sacramento. How I many ain't times special. have you gone? My sister is really into psychics. Okay, I've been to many. This is dope. I wish I had that many stories. And then another one that they say is that they inherited their psychic powers from their ancestors. So, and I mean maybe though. But maybe though, right? Someone I know that is like French Haitian descent mm -hmm. and like practices a kind of craft and I thoroughly believe that like her power and her craft is like passed down through her family because those traditions are so based in family. Yeah. And learning within that structure. I do not believe that a Mackenzie in like Indianapolis whose father works at Eli Lilly and went to Carmel High School with us <laughs> like very specific <laughs> Mackenzie like inherited her psychic tarot powers from her ancestors because I bet her ancestors like 
fought for the South. Like, what do you want? All right. And that's it, man. That's it. Don't open any portals to the nether realm. Yeah. Or have a certified psychic help you out. Breaking news. Breaking news. This just in. All right, guys. So you know how witches in the news is normally good story, sad story, good story. This time we're doing one long sad story. So get ready. (laughs) And just so you know, even though probably our whole podcast is NSFW, not safe for work, this section specifically is. Put your kids to bed. Maybe like skip to the end, yo, like the last five minutes if you think it'll make you really uncomfortable. So what we're talking about this week is the murder of Sydney Loop. So murder. All right. We're getting the picture already. If you're not comfortable with this, skip to the end. All good. No judgment. Review us. Goo. That's it. (laughs) Five stars. Lots of goo. Quality goo content. (laughs) Quality goo murder. Here we go. The murder of Sydney Loof. This past July, Aubrey Trail, 52, was convicted of first-degree murder in the disappearance of Nebraskan 24-year-old Sydney Loof back in 2017. Also, feel free to chime in whenever you want because I've read like 12 articles about this, so I'm basically an expert. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's go back for some context because all I saw was the word witches when I originally found this article and there were like several dozen times it was mentioned. So I was like, okay, this definitely needs its own section. So I didn't know how much context this story actually needed until I started doing research on it. A few weeks before Cindy Loop went missing, back in November 2017, she matched on Tinder with a woman named Audrey, which was a fake name for a woman named Bailey Boswell. They went on a date, and little is known about the first date they had, but once the date was over, Cindy declared to one of her best friends that Audrey was the girl of her dream. I know. It's already not looking good, is it? I was like, way to terrify us from the beginning by using Tinder. Great. Perfect. So Cindy agreed to go on a second date and then was never seen alive again. Eh. I know. Sydney was reported missing when she didn't turn up at work and her phone was off so no one could trace it. During her disappearance, one of Sydney's other friends had seen a picture of Audrey that Sydney had... She used air quotes. Air quotes, yes. Audrey that Sydney had sent to her and went to Tinder to find the woman. And she did. Dude, super sleuth. Super sleuth, this friend. The friend swiped right and then she and Audrey began messaging each other through Tinder. So, okay, think of it like this. Because obviously we know that this Audrey in quotes is connected to this murder. And yet this Audrey in quotes has time to keep being on Tinder? (laughs) What? Wild. So she, the friend was able to get Audrey's real phone number and gave the information over to Sydney's family and the police. And so that phone number traced them to Bailey Boswell. The police were able to provide a search warrant to search her apartment, and Bailey lived with Aubrey Trace. So Aubrey with a B, not a D, who was her boyfriend. And this guy's like, Bailey's around like 24, 25. Aubrey's around like 52. So there's like a little bit age difference there, which I mean, if you want an older man, go for it. But there's like a very significant age difference here. The police searched the apartment and their landlord commented on a strong smell of bleach. Not too good. Whoopsie. The police discovered a bottle of Viagra, 17 sex toys, and which sex toys are expensive, and that portions of the wall had been wiped down in an effort to clean them which is when the police named Aubrey Trail and Bailey Boswell as people of interest. Makes sense. Okay, having a bunch of sex toys is not a crime. 17's a lot, though. That's a lot of money. Yeah, if you accumulate it over 53 years or whatever. Ew, then some should go. 
Some of those are from ew. the 70s. Some of those are made of wood. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that's like the wooden tampons and shit. It's Ugh. like, get those out. All right. So following this named persons of interest, Boswell and Trail posted some weird ass videos on their Facebook accounts denying the claims that they were involved in Sydney's murder. Trail is quoted saying, I'm not saying I'm a nice guy. I'm a crook. I'm a thief. Have been my whole life. And he ends his portion of the video by saying, I wish the family the best. I mean, no disrespect to anyone. And as far as the police department, fuck you. Great job, Aubrey. (laughs) Not suspicious in the slightest. In early December of 2017, so only a few weeks later, Sydney's remains were found in a rural ditch where authorities found a trash bag with an arm sticking out. (sighs) Yeah. They identified her body by a tattoo that read, ready? This is going to suck. By a tattoo that read, everything will be wonderful someday. (gasps) This is so sad. God, that's awful. And very weirdly, and has not been explained in any of the articles, like to this day, Sydney's tongue, kidneys, and heart have never been found. Oh, no. Yeah. We get into the witch's part. We are. And it has to do with that, doesn't it? No, it actually does. It has never been found. Like, fun fact, that stuff has never been found. No one knows where it is. Oh, God. Or the two people who might know have never said what happened to it. So let's fast forward to this past July. Aubrey Trail is on trial. He has since pled guilty to improper disposal of human remains. Yes, a trash bag in, like, a ditch is probably not the way to dispose of human remains. And his new statement is that Sydney's death was an accident caused by erotic asphyxiation. Apparently, when Sydney lost consciousness during sex and died, Aubrey Trail panicked and dismembered her body so it could fit in the trunk of oh his car. Oh my god, this is like some fucking like Bob Durst bullshit where it's like, oh man, I accidentally killed this person and I panicked and spent eight hours sawing off all their limbs <laughs> and their head and putting them into trash bags. Because that's the thing to do. stealing their heart and their tongue because I panicked. Instead of calling 911, which makes sense in like a normal panic. So the whole defense is about how it was an accident and not a premeditated murder. Of course, the prosecution thinks foul play occurred and believes it was a premeditated murder. Yeah, dub-dums. Yeah. They even have footage of Trail walking into a Menards that Sydney worked at, and he never spoke to her, but just stared at her. And that was the day of her date with Bailey Boswell. Ah. Uh. Weird, weird. And then they also have more footage of Trail and Boswell going to a Home Depot and buying the items that they think might have been used to kill Sydney. What are those I what are the items, Alicia? Oh man, it's probably like a saw, like hammer, shit like that. A gun. A gun. Actually no gun. <laughs> Erotic asphyxiation, remember? <laughs> no gun necessary. So after hearing a bunch of testimonies, three female witnesses were brought to testify against Trail. Before they made it to the stand, Trail shouted out. Bailey is innocent and I curse you all. He then slashed his throat with a <gasps> razor and collapsed bleeding on the courthouse floor. Fucking Christ. Right? Isn't that wild? <sighs> so the court had to stop the trial for the day. <laughs> like, they're like, icky. Yeah, they're like, ooh. Oh, they <laughs> took him to the ER. I know. Dude, this story's wild. So he survived the experience and was brought back to court. Like a few days later. Like a few days, they just stitched him up. Yeah. And I mean, there are pictures of him pre-slashing and then post-slashing with like this giant scar on oh. his neck. It's so wild. Gross. 
And when he was brought back to court, the judge demanded that he be in handcuffs for the rest of the proceedings. Yeah. And she tried to tell the jury, because of course there's a jury, to not take the slashing into account for what their decision is. Which that I mean, that's this guy tried to like kill himself in front of you. So yeah. like I feel like that says a lot. It's but, definitely connected. But they were told, try not to. Okay, cool. Try to be a good judge over here, you know. <laughs> if you try sometimes, you just might find that you get what you need. That you get what you need. Which is a guilty verdict, Which hopefully. is a guilty verdict. So we're going to talk about the three female witnesses now. The judge did not allow disclosure of their names to protect their privacy, so they will be known as Witness 1, 2, and 3. Witness 1 said she met Trail and Boswell the summer before Sydney's murder in a very similar way to how Sydney met them, through Tinder. She got to know Trail and Boswell and started engaging in like a dominant sub relationship with them. At one point, Trail showed her pictures of about 12 different women who he claimed had witch powers. He also said that he was a vampire and had the power to fly. And this woman Aubrey believed him. No. Yeah, this woman believed woman him. Woman one, no. Woman one believed him. So Aubrey told her that the only way for her to become a witch was if she were to kill someone and take their last breath. Apparently, they would talk once or twice a week very casually about killing someone. Witness one eventually left the sex cult after Trail said that she should kill another woman in this cult, and she denied wanting to do that. Trail then threatened to kill her family if she ever told anyone about them. Witness two was also told about the witch theory of killing someone, but didn't believe it, though she continued to be a part of the sex cult. She was forced to walk around the house naked and said Trail and Boswell talked about killing people in front of her and even wanted to make a snuff film and sell it for a million dollars. Even though she was forced to delete her text messages with Boswell, Witness 2 screenshotted them before deleting. One such text said, so this is from Bailey Boswell. Can you please use a voice to make this fun? No. <laughs> you sure? Can you do like an, like an accent? I'm not good at accents. You're very good at accents. Not you do really. a very good Russian accent. Can I read it? Here, I'll read yeah, it. Yeah, do you want to read it? Give us an accent. Okay. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Balls, swallows, sticks, figure, no. <laughs> Balls, swallow, stick fingers in my booth during massage. Use a strap on them. Be obedient. Stale, kale, get paid. Get your powers. You will be a millionaire. By the time you are 21. Guaranteed. I do character work, guys. Help me get discovered. She was in an improv troupe at one point, you guys. We don't talk about it. (laughs) So we believe Witness 2 is the woman that Trail wanted Witness 1 to kill. Ooh. And so Witness 2 was afraid of her life and left the group in October. Okay. Good on her. Which brings us to Witness 3. She was also part of this BDSM dom sub relationship with Trail and Boswell, which went into November, actually, which is around when Boswell met Cindy Louf. Boswell and Trail asked Witness 3 to kill this soccer girl, and then out of nowhere, they said they didn't need to kill the soccer girl anymore. Investigators do not believe that the soccer girl was Cindy Louf, but we do not know who they were referring to. After Sydney's disappearance, Trail and Boswell took Witness 3's car and threatened to kill her, her family, and her cats <gasps> if she said anything to anyone. Oh, fuck that. I know. I know. One of the last testimonies given was by FBI agent Mike Maspeth, who recorded Trail's initial interrogation. At one point, Trail said he had something to say away from the cameras. The investigators took Trail to a restroom where he whispered, Witches kill, witches kill, a life for a life, and they gain more power when they kill. 
That would be the creepiest fucking thing yeah. to ever hear. And yeah. From someone you already suspect murdered people. And it's whispered. People. It's, and like, it's whispered. Witches kill. Yeah. Witches kill. Ew. I hate it. Trail was found guilty on all counts. Goodbye. Yeah. And now a panel of three judges will decide whether he gets life in prison or the death penalty because it is Nebraska. Bailey Boswell's trial begins in mid-October. Of 2019? Of 2019. Ooh. So, to be continued. Can't wait for the update on that one. It's so, so, so gross and so sad. Yeah, so let's feel that one for a bit. Yeah, let's, can we sit in that for a minute? Yeah. So, they use the word cult. And if you and I have watched a lot of cult stuff and listened to a lot of cult stuff, Mm -hmm. not to be confused with a cult. So, he's a leader. Trail is a leader. Yeah. So, he was... They would call him Daddy, of course, and then they would call Bailey. I'm pretty sure it was Witch Queen was what they would call Bailey. Yes. Daddy and the Witch Queen. Daddy and the Witch Queen. And apparently they would tell these witnesses that they had killed people before. But it, I'm like, yeah, I realize you're in a sex cult and that's fine however you get off. But like people are walking around saying they killed people. I don't know if I would want to have sex with them. No. Like it's a little wild and crazy and maybe fun, but like maybe you should leave like right after that. <laughs> so i don't i just don't know why and i think they were young women too like one obviously wasn't even 21 yet Mm -hmm. but it's just like how is this happening violent sex cults are so interesting like i'm so fascinated with them because i understand like spiritual cults yeah like cults that have to do with like the afterlife or religion and stuff like that and like those oftentimes incorporate sex usually like sexual abuse cults that are just about sex and this seemed to be a lot about fear Mm -hmm. so they drew them in with the sex and then entered into this relationship and then they were so susceptible you know yeah to his power and her power i suppose that sex and fear is what held them there as opposed to like religious enlightenment or anything like that like Bhagwan or like james jones or whatever or jim jones one witness was told that if she continued this and like their sex relationship whatever that trail was basically a sugar daddy and would give her money Ah. so there was some like financial aspect to them like going along with this to an extent Mm -hmm. but it's also like how far does it need to go before you're like and I mean, I guess far enough for you to be like, mm, I think you're going to kill me. It's time for me to like bounce from yeah. this. But it's just so weird. I don't like it. But look, witches, <laughs> witches who are bad witches get stitches. So do they get mad stitches? Well, they slash their throats and they get stitches and they still have to go to prison. They still have to go to prison. They might die in prison. Death penalty. We don't know. So be a good witch, I think is the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Don't be a crazy witch. One of the ways you can be a good witch is by performing our spell today. Do, 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 do. We're centering our chakras, and we're opening up our hearts, and we're going to do the spell, and hopefully it doesn't tear us apart. Witches and the witches. Oh, gosh. I like it. That's Auto-tune good. it. Do, 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 do. for safe crossings for someone who's passed so i found this spell four grams and it's four grams Mm -hmm. we're gonna do it for grams i lost it but i will find it someday where i got this spell from and i'm really sorry 
So it's a pretty simple ritual to help someone who's passed find peace. So here's the things that you need. You're going to need a small white candle, a small piece of paper and a pen or pencil, rosemary oil or leaves. So whatever you have, if you have like essential oils and stuff like that, that works just fine. You're going to need thyme. Not like T-I-M-E, like thyme, like Like the herb. The herb. Guys, come on. Get with it. Uh, Violet, marigold, or rose petals. And not a whole lot. Like this is depending on the fire safe container that you use. You don't need to buy like a whole bouquet of roses or marigolds or anything like that. You could probably get away with like not using an entire flower anyway. Ground clove, a pinch of sugar. It can be any kind of sugar, so whatever you have. And then again, that small candle safe holder. It needs to be large enough that the candle itself can sit with herbs placed around it. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a little piece of paper. You're going to write your name on it. And then write what you wish for them. So examples, peace, rest, happiness, love, reunions with loved ones that have already passed. You're going to place the paper underneath the candle in that bowl. If you have rosemary oil, you're going to rub the candle with it lightly. And if you have leaves, you're just going to stick them either into, in and around the candle in a ring around the candle in that bowl. So after you've created a ring around the candle with the herbs and the petals, you're going to sprinkle sugar on top of it and then light the candle and say that person's name aloud and all of the things that you wish for them. Then you're gonna leave the candle burning as long as you're able to, but it's okay if it's like a short amount of time. If you're doing it right before bed, Mm -hmm. or you know, you're a BB witch and your parents are calling you down for dinner and you don't wanna leave an open flame. Please don't. And then what you're gonna do is once you're done with this candle and done with this ritual, you're gonna bury the herbs and petals and paper or burn them completely if you're unable to bury them. The idea being that like all of those wishes and all of that hope for your past loved one is going to help propel them to the good place, wherever that is for you guys. Whether it's reincarnation or just infinite bliss and peace, whatever. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's so nice. Because with death, you never really get closure. Mm-hmm. But this is a nice way to kind of like create your own closure and just be like, okay, well, this story is wrapping up and this is how I'm going to, in my control, help it wrap up. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you for finding it. Because a lot of the stuff I was finding when I searched, like, spell, help spirit pass on, it was like, how to bring a spirit back from the dead. And you're like, no. <laughs> my nightmare. You're like, they just left. They did not want to be here. Let them go. <laughs> no, I feel right, that. Guys. That's wild. All right. This has been Witch Yes. What's up? This is with Jess. Yeah. We did it. Good job. We Thanks did another one. For coming on this journey with us. Dude, that whole fucking sex cult thing is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't think this is like are gonna be our last episode on mediumship and like psychics and spirits. Like I have a whole thing. I wanna do a whole thing about like famous TV mediums. Like Gary Spivey yes. is my shit. Fucking Miss Cleo, I'm about it. The Fox Sisters. Like Ooh. I wanna go into like the seance con artist like i think that'd be great we have big plans for october and november for our one year anniversary one year we'll be one year old so cute our podcast friendship will be one year our real friendship's like so old it's like embarrassing to say decades (laughs) it's like it's you you will date us and this has been Witch, yes! Oh no, I am having the psychic trance!